Warning, Rep Your Set may contain explicit content not suitable for kids. All content is intended for entertainment purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. I did. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Rep Your Set with the Pistol Whips. I'm Eric Jakeway, and uh, today we have a very special guest with us, um, Charlie Whitoff from the Crosscut Kings, a.k.a. from Charlie's Root Fusion, Hips and Rico. The list goes on and on. Um, he's, he's a veteran in the music scene, a guy that I look up to a lot. Let's Let's actually, you know what? Let's put it up together for, yeah, man. for Charlie. Yeah, man. Because I feel like I just did a really big, weird intro, and oh. it needs to have some sort of a Too kind, too kind. Uh, well, as always, we have the legend, the man, the myth, Mr. Oh. <laughs> Pete Kehoe. Thank you. Thank you. That's the joke. I'm always like, the, the, the legend. It is a joke. It's a big joke. You ain't wrong, though. Obviously, <clears throat> we'll love. We'll love, yeah. We have Logan with us, though. He's not on mic, but he's going to be doing some video stuff for us today. Orbin. Like, or as Dom said, Lorbin. <laughs> Lorbin, right? yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's a legend, too, man, in his own right. Um, so there'll, there'll be like music over top of like most of that in the beginning, our little theme song. But yeah. then this is where it's probably going to fade out. And we're going <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> so I don't know. Let's just... Uh, Man, um, I guess usually how we started off is how we know the person for the for the listeners out there, even yeah. though we know each other and how we know each other. But and I was thinking about it last night, dude, and we met because we played against each other in a battle of the bands. Yes, and we needed a bass player because we were firing ours. The bass player that was at the battle of the bands, right? Yeah, which is Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> who Jamie. i love and yeah. it, it is playing bass again for us <laughs> but at that time i fired him yeah so it was charlie's root fusion um <laughs> and we were playing uh an open mic well okay so i was in hot picante which was a, an acoustic funk trio um consisting of p fatty aka dan brooks from the galactic sherpas alex g who I've played with uh, since oh, yeah. high school, uh, best friends since high school, and dude, when they were like, "Well, okay, well, it cost a hundred bucks or something," and I was like, "What? Cost money to be in a battle of the bands?" And I was like, "I'm not doing it." I remember that. And they were like, <laughs> "And it gets better because of what happened at the end of it." So, so they're like, "Dude, we got to do this battle of the bands," and I'm like, "We're not a band." I was like, we're like an acoustic trio. I was like, no, like, why? It doesn't make sense. And they're like, well, we're fucking gonna pay for it, and we're doing it either way. You should be there. And I'm like, fine, of course, I'll do it. And then I found out you guys were gonna be the one of the bands we were competing with, and I was like, dude, this is a bad idea. I was like, I do not think we should be doing this. Like, we're not a band. Those guys are good, and I, I just treated it kind of like a joke. I was like, I feel like an idiot up here, and. And so we play against you guys, and you guys won. We did. You won. But then, because the, the whole idea was like, okay, every band pays $100, which... Yeah. Which... Um, Basically paid ourselves. Yeah. Well, 
No, we paid for pretty much. We we put money into some dude's pocket because part of the prize was that you got to play headline a festival, a festival that no one had ever heard of. It was a new festival. The festival <laughs> ended up not existing. Nobody got anything from it, and we all paid a hundred dollars. And there was a bunch of bands, and it was over the course of like a few weeks, I think. And then the bar closed down the following year. Yeah, which oh, was two twenty Lake Street. <laughs> exactly oh, yeah. yeah and you were, were yeah you, yeah and i was a bartender you were working there and i remember you being like oh yeah you're a bartender and i'm like so and you're like dude i don't know how to make any fucking drinks like i'm just like you want a bud you want a budweiser what's up man like oh i lied to get the job they're like have you bartended before i was like yeah you know like i served a beer at like a frat party one time <laughs> <laughs> i bumped a keg a couple yeah. times and so yeah so Anyway, we we do the battle of the bands we lose, and I'm I'm back to like square one of like yeah, this was a bad idea, and but it was actually the best idea for me in the long run because that's where I met Chuck, and I think it was I don't know when it was how we talked. It after took that. a while. Well, you were really shy because uh, uh, I yeah. remember it well, and uh, you know uh, Jeff and. Uh, and I, you know, we're, we were all calling you and like, it's like, okay, I left a message. Jeff, did you leave a message? Yeah, he hasn't called. I back. remember Jeff's message, actually. That was the one that made me like, And oh, then I okay. think, I think finally Jeff's message made you, you finally called back. And then, uh, and then like, okay, let's meet up. I think you were hosting an open mic. Yeah. At the Dilworth. At the Dilworth. Yeah. And uh, we all came. And, uh, um, well, I did, don't, yeah, it was Jeremy, Jeff, well, and I. Yeah, maybe you guys did come to that. Well, and it I, was like your birthday too. I think we had already been playing together at that point because I do remember that because you guys came uh, oh, yeah, and jammed right. with me yeah, for my yeah. birthday. But we were kind of already established, I think. But no, we met at your studio. Remember? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, the barn, the big barn. And you guys had a small studio space in there where Charlie Burkle recorded. Right. And I think we, we oh, met up right. there. And I remember because Jeff pulled his ball sack out. And I think you pulled out your nuts the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the first time nutsack has been used on this show. Yeah, no, okay. So, yeah, I remember coming over and jamming. And I was super nervous. Well, because I, I was also like, like um, I was drinking a lot and also trying to um, get over my fear and paranoia of like i had a bad experience eating mushrooms and smoking weed so it made me super paranoid all the time it was actually the best thing that could have happened for me at that time because i realized like hey i need to start doing music seriously and that was right at that same time and i remember saying to you guys i came over we jammed and i was like hey listen i really don't want to be around any type of drugs or anything because everybody I rolled with that's all we did was do drugs and I really wanted to change and you guys were like dude we're like you guys were adults you know and I was like a kid yeah you guys were like oh yeah that's totally fine you're like you want to go make a bunch of money playing bass like because we got all these casino gigs lined up and I'm just like stars in my eyes like oh my god you're gonna pay me a hundred dollars to come play bass at a casino dude like (laughs) fuck yeah and so, I mean, that's what started that path, you know, but like, 
I mean, in the whole Hips and Rico thing, it, it was really just Jeremy didn't want to do those acoustic gigs that you had lined up, just you and Jeremy. Yeah, we just just started. You know, the band had just started. We just signed you up, uh, and then Jeremy's wife was pregnant. Just had their just had their first baby, and then he wanted some time, and then. That's where you kind of slid into the, then we're like, I'm like, do you have a nickname? And you're like, well, people call me Rico sometimes. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. I'm like, my my nickname's Hip, so Hip's and Rico, here we go. Yeah, dude. And we started playing. And we had all these gigs, because remember, uh, Jeremy was signed up, and then he backed out, and then, like I said, you, you uh, kind of jumped on board and... Not knowing how to play like a lead guitar solo whatsoever. By the way, I was a I was a bass player who had an acoustic guitar and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can like fake it, and then, but but that just slowly picked up and picked up to where that was kind of like the main thing we were doing, you know, for a while, and and then the farmer foot drum thing, you know, came into play, kind of later. Yeah, I'd almost. say a couple years after that. Yeah. Yeah, we played for a year or two before the whole before yeah farmer foot drums, and then because uh, the internet was still kind of not new, but kind of like that kind of stuff was new. And Molly Jean, well, we were catching that wave of who of we like the absolutely loved. Now we didn't know who she was then, but she was like the first foot drum, yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> like indoorsy, yeah, and uh, and uh, she was like the only YouTube video. And uh, and she was she was good, but of the farmer foot, yeah, drums, of the right, farmer yeah. foot drums. But it was a boom, sh, boom, sh, boom, sh. And yeah, then, uh, and real then, aggressive, uh, raw. Just you order a foot drum, and then uh, uh, basically, well, you sent Pete Farmer a video of me playing in your basement. I was just practicing, and I didn't even realize you were doing a video. Oh yeah, that's right. That's and you right. sent him a video, like, dude. This kid has had this for a week. Yeah. This is pretty good, right? And even Pete was like, wow, yeah, I, I haven't seen anybody play it like that within that short of amount of time. If you guys can come to Anaheim, California, in like two weeks, I'll I'll put you up. If you can get here, you know, you'll be here for four days. I have a hotel room, and you guys can be a part of the NAM show and be presenters at my drum booth in the anaheim convention center and yeah, it was pretty it was pretty cool it was amazing like it was and so the first year we we flew out there we just flew out there wrote you know and but we were you and i were performing i would say at least eight hours a day is that fair to say at least six to eight hours a day of just sitting there at the booth like taking turns with like molly and and a few i think art maybe rj i don't know but I don't know. The point is, is that um, I don't know what the point is actually, other than <laughs> um, that, that uh, Nam is absolutely crazy. Yeah, and we had fun. We, yeah, we had fun. We, we partied had, like we rock fun, stars sure. and and did all that shit. And the second time around, you know, so we went back the next year, but we we drove out there, which which may or may not have been a good <laughs> good idea. I ended up having to sell a foot drum and a guitar. The the guitar and the foot drum that I used on that tour the second year yeah. we went to the NAM show. 
when we got back, I was so fucking broke and I had just quit my job because I thought like we were going to make it. I quit my job, <laughs> and uh, which which is the job I have now. I actually went back and they were like, yeah, of course you can come back. But uh, yeah, man, I lost my ass. But that was that was such a fun experience. That was the first time I really got to travel and like see the United States it was yeah, with that, you in a air in a 22 foot airstream, 25 foot, 25 foot, 1970. What we 77 land yacht airstream. Uh, we took that thing through 12 States <clears throat> over 5,000 miles, two wheel bearings, <laughs> one in Lubbock, Texas. That's when you had to sell something. Oh my! Lubbock, ass. Texas. Yeah, musician town, man. Yeah, I know, Buddy right? Holly, Buddy Willie Holly. Nelson. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Damn, you guys went on a journey. Oh, uh, so yeah, what yeah. we did was well. So so getting the foot drums is really what started setting us apart a little bit from from everybody else, and so we got the foot drums, and the Nam show happened like within two weeks of me getting the foot drums. I think, or no, 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 I take that back. Um, because I think I'd got it like in the fall. You did. You got it in the fall. Yeah, yeah. So you had a couple of months. That was fall of 2011, I guess. Because 2012, yeah, right. was 2012, we flew in out January there. is when we flew out to California right. the first year. So that went really well, and we were riding off of that buzz into you know 2012 into 2013. So 2013, we just recorded with Charlie Burkle, rest in peace, and. Um, but we also competed in the International Blues Challenge. So we qualified to represent Traverse City, which I think the only reason why we got it is because of the foot drums, to be fair. I mean, like, not the only reason. On my part, that was the only reason why <laughs> I went to the Blues Challenge whatsoever. Because <laughs> I wasn't really a blue. I mean, like, I, I loved the blues, and you pretty yeah. much taught me everything I knew about blues music and roots music and that. And and I was just, like, trying to soak all of it in. And then so we qualify, you know, to go this to This is the, Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The International Blues Challenge, IBC in Memphis. So, And the way it worked out was... Oh shit, we're gonna have to leave the NAM show on like Saturday in order to get to Memphis in time. So we planned it out and we set up a big uh benefit show or what would you call it? Fundraiser. A yeah. fundraiser for our our trip. We raised a lot of money locally, which was awesome. So we we toured out to we drove out to Missouri. We met up with Molly Jean, one woe man band, who was like the the pioneer of the foot drum. And we stayed on her turkey farm. Oops. And <laughs> so you're good. And then uh, a turkey farm. Yeah, uh, her family yeah. owns like one of the biggest turkey- dire turkeys. D y e r. Yeah, it's like one of the biggest. Uh, turkey farms wow in the world i think yeah in the country no kidding oh yeah in the country yeah damn dude and so we got to stay there with with her for like a night and then we drove from there to like i don't know we went to oklahoma oh gosh yeah uh, we did like five shows i think on the way Uh, we did two in colorado loveland colorado yep Yep. oh nice it was fun, man. It was. was. And okay, so the scene that we were in, oh, Wichita. Wichita was my favorite <laughs> <laughs> at Lucky's. With the guy spitting? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> Chris Webster 
<laughs> motherfucking saints. Oh, dude. I follow that dude on Facebook. He lives in Grand Rapids. He just moved to Grand Rapids. That dude. is so funny. That guy's great. I still follow that dude. I follow a lot of those people that we met on that <laughs> tour. That tour changed my life, I feel like. You know, um, like looking back on it now, at the time I was, you know, just kind of like green, like, huh? <laughs> what do I do? Where do, you know, I had no clue. I had no life perspective at that point. And yeah, Wichita was great. And then we get out to the NAM show. And um, that's where I got this drum that we have right now. It was was from that show. And we left and we drove. We left a day early from the NAM show to get to Memphis in time. And then we competed in the International Blues Challenge for, I think we only competed for two days straight. Two days. You guys win your bar to, to make it to the to the to the what semi-finals two nights in 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 a in a designated bar on <laughs> beale street <coughs> beale street has totally turned into every every bar has at least 10 bands competing two nights in a row trying to beat the other bands and i mean and that was its own thing i mean i definitely didn't have the chops as a, as a blues player, you know, and I was kind of riding off of the whole gimmicky thing of, of the foot drums, I feel like. But Chuck, I mean, I feel like Chuck is really the real deal when it comes to blues music and blues harmonica. And especially in Michigan, I feel like you are the one holding that down. Like I, and I, and I say that not just because you're here, but because I've been with you and played with other harmonica players and every time, dude, it was undeniable. It was always undeniable. I'm playing with the best fucking harmonica player in Michigan. Always. And I think everybody... Oh, you're fe- too kind, dude. Well, I, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, blow smoke up your ass right now. But, it, but it's true. And I think that... I think everybody kind of feels that and knows that with you especially. And... Yeah, I don't know. I just always look back on that as such a great time. Um, not that I even knew it at the time. I mean, I I knew it was fun and and cool, like like the whole touring thing. But like looking back on it now, I'm like, dude, that was like probably one of the greatest experiences of my life. Like for real. Oh, sleeping in uh, Walmart parking lots. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping with a baseball bat yeah, next to me. That's great. No, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. In an airstream, though, man, yeah, that's no, not bad. It's it not was. like the back of a van, right? Yeah, it's true. I remember us sleeping uh, <laughs> at a rest stop, rest stop in uh, Arkansas, and I went into the bathroom, and I like took a. I, I was really active on Instagram for that for that whole trip, and I was like, I'm taking a hobo shower, <laughs> and I was like, like washing myself in the in the bathroom, and then some dude came in the bathroom, and he was like, oh, shit, welcome to Arkansas, and he like <laughs> left, and I was just like. <laughs> It was just a trip. It was so cool. <laughs> it was. But I don't know. Enough about that. You know. So I'd like to talk to you about where you're at now with with your new duo, Crosscut Kings. Yeah. Because you guys are fucking phenomenal. And I just feel like it makes so much sense that you two are connected now. And I feel like it's it's just it's like a meant to be story too. I mean, why don't you explain a little bit of how you guys got together? Um, you, 
Well, I appreciate that, uh, Rico. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, as as even when I met you, I believe everything happens for a reason. You know, so I think I, our paths combined there for a few years, and you know, and uh, and uh, we laid, you know, we laid it down there uh, for a while, and uh, and like everyone, you know, everyone has paths. Everyone has their own journey, and then, uh, yeah, so. Uh, you know, life happened for both of us, and then fast forward up till two years ago, I had uh, I was working for my brother out in uh, D.C., hanging banners on buildings 200 feet in the air, <laughs> and uh, I get a call. I, my phone like buzzes or whatever, and it's a uh, and it's, it's our it's our bass player Jamie Balustic who I fired twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Jamie. We do love you, Jamie. And, uh, I feel like you kind of <laughs> rip on him. Like, mm. like, or no, not, I don't, like, you, you kind of like to be like, yeah, Jamie, you fucker. Like, yeah. no, I love him. Jamie, you know, I love you, buddy. That's cool. Uh, and uh, so I'm, you know, I'm 200 feet up in the air and I, I get this text message uh, from Jamie saying, hey, someone's trying to get a hold of you and through our uh, charliesrootfusion.com website because Jamie was uh, in charge of, uh, well, he designed the site, so he was blah, blah, blah. So he got all the messages. Met. And uh, <laughs> it was Gary Brendel, who who was a friend of, of Jim, Jim and I's, and uh, Jim was looking for a harmonica player for one song, just one song, a Bob Dylan song. And uh, uh, Gary Brendel was like, oh, you got to get Charlie Witt off. Uh, you know, he's probably one of the better harmonica players in northern Michigan. And uh, Jim was like, okay, okay, you know, let's, I want to meet him. Well, you know, so Gary comes, drives out to my house because he doesn't live too far from me. And I'm I'm not there. I'm out in D.C. helping my brother wrap these buildings. It was a one-week job that turned into five weeks. With, um, your, with your brother, you with mean? With my brother, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's like, Chuck, fly out for a week, you know. You know, you'll make a bunch of money in a week. Well, I made a bunch of money, but the job turned into five weeks. Uh, so anyway, so Gary's like, when are you coming back? So it was one of these things. Oh, I think I'm coming back next week. Well, you, you get the picture. I kept, you know, the job got delayed or materials or whatever it was. They added a building. What You know, it just kept getting delayed. Uh, but but uh, we had met or we texted, Jim and I had texted. He's like, hey, I, you know, I, I want a harmonica player, like I said, for one song, blah, blah, blah. Finally get back to Michigan, uh, first week of February, meet Jim. He comes over and uh, and I'll just fast forward. Uh, he's like, hey, let's, let's just try this song together. It went really well. He's like, man, let's just try one more song. And uh, that went really well. And we just like Eric was saying earlier, we just we connected, uh, like, and and it just felt right. Third song, Jim's like, "Do you want to just do the whole gig with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." That was uh just under two years ago, and we'd just been hitting it, uh, hitting it hard ever since. Uh, um, because of my history, I, I had contacts before, and uh, Jim never really uh, played out too much. Uh, we're going to talk with Jim more in a future episode, but because uh, Jim's day job has got to be one of the coolest day jobs I, don't, I think anyone could have, is he writes music scores for video games and the the background music and sound effects. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and that awesome. Which Will has has uh, partaken in. Yeah, himself. Man, he's so good at what he does. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Been, he's been on uh, the Mortal Kombat team. Uh, the, yeah, that bio. 
in yeah. film. Biohazard. Bi- biomass. Or, or biomass. Um, or, um, <laughs> the, biohazard. Biomass. <laughs> biohazard. Sorry, the band. And the, but yeah, I know the game. Yeah, anyways, he's he's incredible, dude. Like, oh, God, that, that was an honor. That was really cool. Um, that's right. So that's right. You got to do some stuff in his studio. So, um, so, so, uh, Jim has, like I said, he's never had much in front of audience experience, but he's had a ton of experience in his basement. Uh, he went to school for music, he, he um, for guitar. He's got a master's in music theory and, and, uh, and plays classical guitar. And, uh, but his love is the blues and, uh, and, uh, and he just, He's just got it. Uh, he's got the gritty voice. Um, more than that, he's just a really, just a genuine, cool dude. Phenomenal Which, slide player. Yeah, and a great, like a great slide player. Um, yeah, so like, we just headed off, and and it's and really just been uh, just been just been going ever since. Yeah, um, <clears throat> to the point where we got to play out in Texas uh, oh, with my yeah. idol Guy <laughs> Forsythe, which was really weird because we yeah. did. So we did some Guy Forsythe songs, which Rico played. Explain these. Guy Forsythe for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, Guy play. Forsythe is this blues dude giant. He's in Austin, Texas. He's absolutely amazing. Um, check him out, theguyforsytheband.com. Just Guy Forsythe. Uh, yeah, he, he's amazing. Uh, one of the, I think, one of the best harmonica players, stage performers in the world. Um, yeah. You're welcome, Guy. <laughs> and uh so so uh so uh jim and i was you know trying to get more instagram followers we're posting uh a, a, a song and we post uh we tag guy foresight you know this is uh don't turn me in by guy <coughs> foresight it's a song i've been playing Great for years and yeah. uh so all of a sudden uh, uh we get contacted from guy foresight's manager and uh, which is a girl, and she's like, "Hey, uh, you know, it's really cool that you do Guy Forsyth songs. Uh, Guy really, really likes how you arrange them, and uh, and uh, you know, he's just kind of tickled, basically, over it." I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome! I didn't think too much more of it. Uh, a couple weeks go by, we post another Guy Forsyth song, a different song, and uh, this time Guy Forsyth reaches out, um, and he's like, "Hey, it's really cool. You guys are playing my songs, and." Uh, and he's like, it sounds great. He's like, he's like, I'm flattered, and uh, and I'm just like, you're dude, like you're reaching out. So this is how cool the internet is, how you can actually talk to your heroes, you know, within a second, and they can and they can actually see you play a video and, and be inspired, and and vice versa and back. So we're on top of the world. I'm oh my gosh, now guys following us, guys managers following us, and then. Uh, Another week goes by. This is like in October, and uh, the manager is like, "Hey, guy's having his fiftieth birthday party, and he would love for you to come out if you guys would want to, and play his fiftieth birthday party at the wow. legendary Saxon Pub." And uh, I asked Jim, and his birthday was December first, um, or is December first, and uh, so two years ago I asked Jim, and we're, it's just about a month out, and uh, Jim's like, "Yeah, we're doing it." I'm like. I mean, for Jim to just to say without even hesitating, he's like, "No, we're doing it." Uh, you know, you just gotta take chances. Sometimes you get these opportunities, and uh, I tell you what. So we did. We uh, uh, we made a little money. We you know the little band fund made made some money, uh, but basically just drove out there uh, in a day and a half, 
played with uh and we played the party played his 50th party it was amazing it's all on video it's on youtube uh i got guys i mean i'm playing his song and he's actually sitting right in front of me and it was so weird because i was like not nervous like at all i don't know i just you think you would be but i really wasn't um after the show guys that come over to my house let's party uh you know we did uh we hung out he invited us over the next day for a big brunch dinner thing um anyways it was a we're like i i consider us friends for real now uh you know we uh drove back to michigan we've been con we've been in contact ever since wow i'm trying to get them over here to play you know maybe bless i i tagged you know i said jim i go check out that'd be awesome you know so and then they were just out at the folk alliance thing in in new orleans well guy and his manager and his wife jessica were there too so i don't know if they i mean thousands of people were there oh you know. jim was there or, or who was there from bliss jim or? gillespie went and caroline and that oh okay crew. right yeah and I, I think they're on their way back now or anyways but um how crazy is it okay so yeah i mean right when i joined charlie's root fusion which was the you know the band i got into uh during the battle of the bands we learned i mean i had to learn a bunch of his songs you know Hard pushing Papa. Hard pushing Papa. What did what you nailed? And we have a video of that. It's on YouTube right now. Is it? And I still think. And you had, you just learned that song. I was just making it all up. A week or no two idea. before. I mean, and uh, anyways, if, if you guys take two minutes out of your day, I'll try to find that video and go. And it says link. Best of Blues, Charlie's Root Fusion on YouTube. And you can see Rico. He's like 22. Oh, yeah. You just young. turned 22. Yeah. Like, Damn, younger than me, man. Yeah, I was young. You were young. I was young, and I was really grateful to be making money as a musician. You know, it was it was hard to do, especially playing like metal. I was playing in like funk metal bands. Who was that girl you married? Why, <laughs> <laughs> Kristen? Yeah. Hey, Kristen. Uh, now, well, it's Fedig now. She, she married she's married to a buddy of mine uh what's up how you doing guys hi kristen <laughs> where did that come from because oh, that I, was all part of it that, dude. that was around that time yeah that was probably within or was that like a year later kind of thing that was like a year or so into the band yeah it was early yeah kristen and i got married very quickly um about three months into knowing each other, happens. But uh, but I mean, it was so quick. I think it it got all annulled, right? Like, like it, where well, it didn't even like happen. Or, or no, it didn't get annulled. Um, but no, I mean, <clears throat> we we were together for. I think technically we were, we were married for about a year, but we only actively <laughs> were with each other, including the before the marriage. Um, I think for about eight or nine months. But, um, you know, I was a very different person back then and I had a lot of, a lot of issues, a lot of, you know, oh. I was, I was pretty fucking immature back then. And, uh, you know, Kristen is, is a, is a good person and a good woman. And, and, um, but yeah, that was a very crazy time. That whole time era. I mean, 
also kind of like thinking, you know, like, dude, I'm a rock star now, dude. Like I'm in a fucking, I'm in a successful like band locally and, and like we're making moves, you know, of course, like I'm going to get married, like, like a rock star. I was, uh, yeah, it was, it was strange. Yeah. And I didn't mean to bring it up. Dude. I did a lot of drinking back then. But you're going, you were totally drinking at that time. And, uh, yeah, I was drinking a lot. You know, you were, and, uh, actually, you know what? And on that note, man. I always think about this because, you know, we play a lot of gigs and we, we get a lot of bar tabs, you know, that I always, you know, say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Like, just give me a burger or something. I'd rather eat. Yeah. And I remember, because um, I, would, I, would, I would get blacked out. <clears throat> I would black out while we would, while we would play and, and be um, unable to finish the show. And I can only imagine what that was like for you. You know, being like, hey, we got this new young kid who can play. And then, and he says he doesn't want to party or do anything. But now, however long it was into it, now he's getting blackout drunk. Like, what the fuck? And now I got to babysit this kid, you know? <laughs> and that had to be fucking frustrating. And I remember at one of the shows, is that the, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's right on the edge of a lake. Like the dock, what is it called? Oh man, it's in Charlevoix somewhere. I don't know. Oh, uh, or not Charlevoix. I don't know where it is. We we only played there like once or twice. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And not Arrington Ferry. No, not no, not that oh. place. It's a different place. I forget where. But we were playing with Greg Vadney and Tracy on guitar. Remember Tracy? Yeah. Well, remember we had the gig up in the UP, and you drove back. Yeah. Because you just got married. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. Dude, yeah, that was a long ass crazy drive. That was. But I remember being at this gig <laughs> and my sisters showed up and my sisters love to get people drunk. You know, Lisa. Yeah. And so she's like, we're getting fucked up. And I was like, yeah, get me a drink. And Chuck pulled the, the father card on me. And I'll never forget it because I don't think I ever drank again after that at a show. And it was like, you just looked at me and you were like, dude, you better not get fucking shit faced tonight. And it was the way you said it. And I was just like, oh, you were like, yo, we're getting paid to play music, not get fucked up. And you said it in a very strict way that like, it really cut to me. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, and that drink I had in my hand, I don't even think I finished it. And I don't think... I've ever actively drank again. Even when I was like actively drinking, um, I don't really think I ever got fucked up at a show ever again after that. And I always think about that because <clears throat> I say that line to people all the time. I'm like, hey, we're here to do a job, not get fucked up. You know, like, and there were so many, there were so many things that I feel like you, and I think I've said this to you in the past, like that you taught me so much in that time period. Um, because I was just lost. I was just like, you know, just walking around with a veil over my eyes of like, hey, where do I go? What do I do? I don't, you know, like, you want to marry me? Yeah, let's get married. Like, you want to, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, but <laughs> when, yeah. you, when you think about it like that, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, my dad kind of wasn't really there for me, you know? And even if he would have been, I probably wouldn't have listened. But you... I always listened to, you know, and, and I always took everything you said, you know, to heart, especially those things, you know, like, Hey, 
the fuck is your problem, dude? Stop getting shit faced and like, oh shit, oh fuck, I don't want to, you know, like. So yeah, I mean, I mean to kind of touch touch back on on the drinking thing and and being you know married very very quickly, you know, that I think that all kind of ties into it. But you know, I was thinking about it because I tried to get sober quite a few times you know and you were always around for that but we got sober at the same time at one point and um yes we did we got sober at the same time and that was when we recorded mud stomp so i had already recorded what became liquor and smoke our first like cd that we made Mm -hmm. But like I had already had most of it recorded and I was like, you want to just play on this? Cause like we need something to put out cause we just started doing the duo shows, you know? And I'm like, I kind of already have an album. And, um, but so yeah, we both got sober and within three months, I believe we got sober and we, we put out two albums and had a record release party and actually was, it was pretty successful. I mean, and that, it was just crazy to look back on and and be like, you know, I remember somebody saying to me at a gig, they're like, man, you look really healthy. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I've quit drinking and we just put out two albums and pop up like just things just slowly, like started getting better and better. And, but I just kept going back to alcohol. I just couldn't quit. And I kept, you know, and I remember being at the NAM show, dude, I remember being at the NAM show and I was so like freaking out because they're like, yeah, we got a bottle of Crown Royal and a bunch of beer. And I was like, oh, God. And I was, and I was drinking like a little bit. And, and I was like, hey, man, like we're going to party tonight, right? And you're like, I thought you weren't drinking. And I was like, well, no, just beer. And you're like, oh, just beer? Okay, <laughs> just beer. And then like they're like, well, we don't have any beer right now. I'm like, well, I'll just do a few shots of Crown until we get the beer. And then the next thing I remember... Molly Jean is riding on my shoulders, dude. We're outside of the Hilton in Anaheim, and we're all running like behind the Hilton Hotel. Molly Jean's on my shoulders. Her manager and slash boyfriend is running. We're all running, just like oh screaming God, like rock stars. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, I miss those days, but I also I don't at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. It, how, so are you sober? Well, I mean, you're drinking a beer. I guess you're not sober. But, uh, no, but um, I have a beer every now and then. Uh, but drink is not my thing. Uh, I, I even, uh, you know, smoked weed for a long time. I But I took a couple years off. But I just restarted smoking weed again. Yeah. Yeah, so... But you know, uh, I I have a beer. I do like a beer every now and then. But just... I remember you put on some weight when 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 you got sober. Do you remember that? Yeah. I I've, I looked at pictures like later of us at the the mud stomp release party, and you had like this nice little oh, chub, yeah. like little chubby cheeks I, thing going on. And I was like, holy shit! I was like, man. I was like, we well, I was always kind of you know uh pleasantly plump <laughs> pleasantly but uh plump 
Yeah, we both kind of plumpened up there. Dude, like you're that. thin as a oh, you're thin thin now. You've been this way for a while too, right? Or yeah, um, or, or just I mean, I know what how how long you've been not 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 drinking now. Well, I had a few I had a few uh, slip ups, so um, I quit drinking again um, in the end of May. Um, and it was a very controlled thing that I did. You mean a controlled slip up? Is that what you? Yeah. Yep. It kind of was, um, as weird as that is to say, I, um, I just felt like I needed to do it again. And, um, I set up a bunch of rules and plans and I followed all of my rules. Um, and I woke up and I was like, you fucking idiot. I was like, you did it again. I was like, what made you think? that you could do this again. That would be any different this time. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's always like that. And it and it doesn't matter how many years I've I've been sober for and all the things I learn, like that voice so, will still be like, "No, so you, know you what? challenge so you set yourself up like so did you did you drink again after that?" No, so that's the last time I drank um which was in yeah, so so May. But before that, I mean, you had gone Oh, years, before right? that, like, yeah, I I hadn't drank for about three and a half years. Um, yeah. I But, you know, within that time period, the three and a half years, I started smoking weed. Because I, well, and I did it alone and in private because I would freak out, you know. I'd get really paranoid and stuff. But once I started smoking weed... And I, I mean, I would smoke like tiny little bits of weed, like the funniest, smallest amount you could even possibly smoke. And I would like freak out, you know, but it was within that, that, you know, me, I was probably sober for about a year and a half, two years at that point. And, I, and everybody around smokes weed. And I'm like, I'm the only one I felt like that couldn't do it or be around it. And so I was like, well, I should just like try to do it on my own and see what it's like. And as I did that, dude, that's when I realized, dude, I feel like shit all the time. Like getting high for the first time, like being like, um, man, I really need to start exercising. And that's actually what motivated me to want to get healthy and work out and run and, and stuff like that. And I still feel like if, if you're in a mental rut or a physical rut, you know, like try smoking some weed. If you don't do it normally try doing it because it definitely uh opened my eyes to how i i should i sh- i wasn't living my life the way that i should have been so i don't know so no i don't drink i smoke weed and now that it's legal i can say that and not feel bad um <laughs> so it's been good it's been different it's like it's a very different thing for me and it and it really helps me remember like oh yeah like you can't drink like do this instead definitely do this instead because it it totally changes everything so what about the mojo days the mojo and the boogeyman days uh <laughs> it uh you know no it it was it was fun for like a year then it sucked sounds like every band i've ever That's <laughs> You know and it's so oh, present band excluded you know <laughs> yeah, present band excluded i don't know you're going to have to edit this but so I tell you what though, but uh, but uh, you guys were killing the it. The first though, couple of years of Mojo was great. I the you know I I I thank 
I thank the guys for the opportunity. Uh, it was great, uh, but you know, it was a good lineup, man. Um, yeah, uh, we we were doing well. We were we were you know we were pretty successful, going in the right direction. Uh, went. Uh, I'm going to say this because we went down to to uh, Memphis. Oh yeah, won the Blues Challenge. Yep. And not only did we win the Blues Challenge, but we went we went against the best Detroit bands in Chicago and the Cleveland band. And we beat them. Now that was kind of like our freaking win. I, I that's, that felt amazing to beat those bands in Detroit and their home, you know, on their home turf. Uh, that was pretty cool. But so we represented uh, Michigan or Detroit in the that was two thousand three IBC. And uh, oh man, we were we were rocking. We killed it. We went down to Beale Street. Uh, we won our bar, and we won our bar like no problem. Like I don't want to say no problem, but. Uh, we just, you know, we just, we just had the mojo going, and uh, got mojo, and uh, and that was great. And then we, and we got to play in the Daisy May Theater, which is like where Elvis and Johnny Cash, oh, you know, wow. all these legendary people played back in the day in Memphis. That was that your first bar that you were in. No, this was the competition. The finals was at oh, the Daisy okay. May Theater. So the okay. first, so you had to. Two nights in your bar, you get different judges each night. They accumulate your score after two nights, and uh, you know. So we, we we you know we we won our bar. So then uh, it's the top eight uh, bands, or at that time it was eight. It's gotten a lot bigger since then, and uh, so there was eight bands in the finals, and we took. Not sure, but when we're guessing fourth or fifth, somewhere in there in the middle, mm-hmm. we're thinking. Um, but it's, but it was it was uh, every band was amazing. Uh, to get to the finals though, that's that's pretty fucking impressive. I, I tell you, it was super fun. Uh, we had opportunities, you know. Uh, we had uh, we we had we had windows open, and uh, and just we just had uh, people in the band thought thought we had different directions that were gonna maybe happen for us. That didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't uh anywho uh, uh so that window closed and uh here i am <laughs> now you're in pete keogh's basement oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeehaw yeehaw oh. um no i love the stuff that you and jim are doing man yeah he's great too yeah. and it's so hard for me to uh imagine that he hasn't had that much experience playing in front of people Good point. Uh, yeah, because I, uh, you guys uh, played a year ago at the uh, Brother Dance uh, benefit Food for us. Yeah. yeah, and God bless you for doing that. Sure. Um, Absolutely. Well, you guys, Jim, first of all, Jim is the nicest guy in the world, and he's True. so super polite and just really, you know, just a n- super nice guy. And I had no idea of his musical like pedigree or whatever, right? As far as like you know, master's degree in theory, blah blah blah, and like Mr. Game, you know, a soundtrack guy, and uh, and you would never know it talking to the guy. But you guys have this thing, and your videos on social media are awesome. I mean, you do, and you did a couple visually that were great. and I don't know who helped you with the video or who did the, maybe you guys did it yourself. Oh, we're doing it ourselves. We're just, it's all about like the two, three camera angle. Thing, yes. You know, and yep. we use my cell phone, his cell phone and his laptop. Right. That's it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he 
puts it in his computer and but the, the you know the aspect ratio and like everything i mean you know you guys frame it up really well and, it and it's really just good. and the coolest thing is that because it's a simple combination musically it's so it comes across as being so genuine and direct right oh that's boom, awesome that's you awesome know? and that's that's what i i it automatically makes me feel something you know it's like wow these guys are fucking great you know, Jim's got a great voice. You both have great, great voices, and oh, and his that. his slide guitar playing along with your harp playing, man. It's just you know, it's fantastic. It's just it's, you know. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, uh, I it's it's weird. Uh, it's it's like we were supposed to be playing together. It's weird because it's Charlevoix. There's three thousand people. And uh, right. you know, and I've never met Jim. You know, we live in the same town, but I'm a hermit. I don't leave my house, you know, if I don't have to, you know, just to get up. Anyway, so uh, is he from Charlevoix originally? He's not. He's not. Uh, How long has he been in Charlevoix? Well, his wife is from Ellsworth, so okay, that's, that's what brings him to. Northern I think I knew Michigan. that. Yeah, and uh, uh, no, so I'm not sure where Jim's from originally because uh, he grew up. Uh, in Europe, because his dad was like a, a hotel manager for a big hotel chain, and I know he graduated in Greece. Oh wow! Greece High School or something, whatever they're called. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, enough about Jim, because yeah. Jim's going to come yeah, in. Jim's going to talk but in a couple weeks. What but, about uh, you? You know, you graduated from Charlevoix or Charlevoix. In 1989. Oh, yeah. Sex, drugs, beer, and wine. <laughs> that's right. That's the, that's the phrase that we were Class of 89. Sex, drugs, beer, and wine. Oh, God. Come on, look alive, 85. Yeah. I still use that, by the way. Look alive, 85. Because we play a Huey Lewis song. Uh, oh, cool. Jim and I do. And, yeah, uh, we, we played your your class reunion, or no, it was it another was, year, it was right? A, it was 85. Oh, it was 85. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, you were at 89. And Dude, that was We funny. played a class reunion at, was it Castle Rock? Or, uh, it was at the castle. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! And I kept screaming, "Look alive, '85!" Oh, that was so funny. That was so. Funny. I don't know why I kept saying that, but it was funny at the time. It's still funny because I I still use it <laughs> whenever I uh, play the Huey Lewis song, which is quite often. What, what Huey song? Um, uh, Back in time. Yeah. <laughs> Harder rock and roll. <laughs> That's got some harp. No, on it. working for a living. Oh, working for oh, a living. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just. Saw... He's a really. You know what? I no, saw him. A, I have to interrupt. He's a great harmonica player, dude. I saw them at wow. the castle in the eighties, and oh, I did too. I was there, and they were so great. Eighty four. Yeah, eighty four yeah. or eighty five. Yeah, one of those. Closed out the show with like a six part vocal doo wop, like acapella. And oh, then nice. they did this blues jam, and he came out and fucking yeah. ripped it on the harp. Oh, I know. I, I had know. no idea he was that good a harp player. Yeah, you just because you hear the harp on the record, and it sounds so good. It's actually him doing it. Yeah, and it's like because you know normally the Stones, you know, you think it's Mick Jagger playing, but it's never no. Mick Jagger playing. By the way, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, no, because they got Sugar Blue is who is, is who plays harmonica on the Miss You. Yep. Oh, that harp is definitely wow. not. Yeah. That ain't Mick Jagger, yeah. man. That's that's some good harp playing. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, yeah. Who who are some of your favorite harmonica players and, and blues cats to possibly turn people on? Yeah, to? for sure. Guy Forsyth uh, is a is a I want to you know kind of a younger cat. He's fifty one ish. Uh, 
um, you know, besides all the, the, the dead legendary cats, you know, all the Chicago, you know, greats like Sonny Boy and uh, Howlin' Wolf. You know, you gotta you gotta like all those guys. Uh, but cats that are still around, there's tons. Rod Piazza, um, oh Kim Wilson, yeah, right? Kim Wilson, yeah, Kim Wilson, yeah, shit. man, the That's Thunderbirds. Right. And uh, we we played and met him at Streeters. Uh, oh, you weren't in the band yet. No. You were in the band later that year. We met him at the Nam show again, though. That's right. And you had, I think you were like, dude, I played in. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Kim Wilson's really good. Oh, yeah. Jason Ritchie. Yeah, Jason Ritchie. Yeah. Holla. Jason Ritchie, R-I-C-C-I. Check him out. He is a, not not, not only is he just a super cool guy, uh, he's, well, he's, he's from um, somewhere else. He's amazing. Uh Jason Ritchie, check out any of his uh, free videos on YouTube. Uh, he's got several. Uh, he's just a man. Uh, just amazing. Uh, uh, Satan and Adam. Uh, oh, yeah. Adam Gusso. Have you seen that documentary? I did. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Jim bought it and we watched man, it. That's good. I know. I thought about you. I remember when, uh, man, yeah. Uh, what's the song? Is it Seventh Avenue? Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, dude, that shit takes. Every time I hear that, I get goosebumps. I get goosebumps every time. Mother Mojo. And then he goes into uh, uh, Beatles. Get back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they called you the comeback kid at one point, didn't they? Of Charlevoix. Oh, uh, you mean from the car accident I was in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that we want to talk about something that was well, horrible, but from what I know, from the stories that you've told me, it's like a pretty, I mean, at least like you coming back, that's the remarkable part of the story is just like, I mean, coma. Yeah, I was in a coma for 10 days. Uh, they didn't think. Uh, I busted four teeth out of my mouth. I had shattered teeth all over my gums. Uh, busted PCL, ACL, cracked fourth lumbar. I got three Gore-Tex fake ribs now from that accident. Yeah, that was 1998. And so that kind of... Uh, uh, because I was playing music, I, I was actually going to sit in with Jill Jack the night of my accident. Uh, it was August 20th, 1998. I'll never forget it because I, anyways. Your birthday month, right? August 4th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I j had just turned 27. That it was 1998, whatever. Oh, geez. And, 27. Uh, yeah, so, um, but um, so I was in the coma for 10 days and uh the doctor's like oh, you're probably not going to play music again or walk correctly or uh just be prepared that that might happen you know they, i think they tell you the worst just in case that happens right so, so i was like oh you know f you dude i'm gonna prove you wrong you know like so like my whole mission was just to prove that you know doctor wrong and i don't know if they do that on purpose i don't think they do because i don't think because i think everyone's different and uh right so yeah. 
so it was three years of surgeries, three years of uh, the the worst surgeries were the mouth surgeries. Um, just I've had so many shots in the mouth. Oh God, that's uh, horrible, man. I've had literally, I don't want to say hundreds, but something like that. Because I, I I went in for three months of uh, of just pulling chunks of broken teeth out of my gums, and they would pull like 10 pieces out and then my f- face would just get swollen and they would have to just say okay we got to take a week or two off your face has to heal and then come back in and we'll pull out some more so that was the worst uh, uh we're in a back brace for a year that kind of sucked too um and then i had to go to neuro recovery for a year every day my mom drove me i tested out as like a fifth grader after my accident so uh, after months of uh, you know you you uh, just keep going you so your neurons c- connect uh you don't know how messed up you are and you, you you know you just but you do get better uh time in heels and, and and all that stuff uh and i just had you know i just i just had so much drive i that i just i'm not, i'm not going to let this uh, you know uh, stamp me who who i am i'm gonna you know prove them wrong it was a long journey but uh uh uh, john from uh mojo and the boogeyman would come and see me in the hospital i gotta give the guy credit uh because he did uh and then uh when i fast forward when i got uh, out of the hospital he's like hey when you get on your feet more uh come sit in with us like you used to do in the old days i'm like so my first time jamming, I went up with two crutches. I had a full leg brace. Holy shit! On and uh, and uh, I played, and uh, it was it it was great. It was very. Uh, I I've always said music is very healing for me, anyways, and uh, it healed me, and uh, it went really well. And and John was like, oh my gosh, she's like, you gotta you know come play with us next week, and I came the following week, and he ended up hiring me, and uh, and. It, and that whole next year was we played all over the mid, all over the state. Heck, we played all over pretty much the Midwest, because those guys were were already kind of like they had a song on the radio at the time that was getting a lot of uh, radio play, local radio play, but still it was pretty cool. Uh, Never be the same without you was the song, and uh, so my one of my first gigs was at the Turtle Creek Blues Festival. There was thousands of people there. We played, we played that song, played our set, and I remember all of us giving autographs for like an hour <laughs> to uh, a line of. That was the first gig you had uh, like done. Yeah. After the, after the like initial like, hey, come jam. Yeah. Like, come back next week, and then like you're. Yeah, I actually still had the full leg brace on at the Turtle Creek Casino. <laughs> so how long was that after the accident? So that was like a couple years after the accident, right? Or Well, I had all these surgeries, so like, you know, it was like one year was my mouth, you know, like in uh the next year it was uh, you know, one six months was my ACL and then the next six months was my PCL. Um so it just, I just had, so at that time it was like the end of my surgeries, but my last one was my knee. So that's why I had the leg brace on. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's, <sighs> but yeah, but one of my first gigs was this Turtle Creek gig, you know, and it was, it was cool. You know, I was, I was yeah. Like, yeah, I, can, I can do this again. 
I mean, that's proving, you know, that's exactly what you wanted to do was to prove the doctors wrong and, and for it to happen like that. And then, you know, no, for sure. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so, uh, and you know, I continue, um, you know, well, heck it's been a long time, but I, I, you know, I, I think you can always improve as a person, no matter what you've been through, uh, whether you had this crazy life altering accident or not, you can always become a better person. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's on their own different path of that, you know, at, at different times yeah, and at, stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, like you had already been through all that crazy shit before I, I had even met you, you know? <clears throat> and I don't think I knew that right away. I think I found that out later and, and, yeah that's right because because you were playing guitar and you were like you were trying to like remember how to play a doors song i think it was in your basement and you were like like dude i used to know a lot of guitar songs (laughs) and i'm like okay like what do you mean you're like i like there's a lot i don't remember you know from the accident and i i don't really think i even knew i think i you had kind of mentioned it at one point and then you you know told me the story and i was just like oh my God, like the fact that we're even sitting here talking right now <laughs> and you know, you, you seem like nothing ever happened. I mean, that's a pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. The comeback kid of Charlevoix, dude, come back I'm sitting kid. right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we're at one hour. Man, I feel like we talked about my shit for way too long about the whole drinking and and my my ex-wife thing. <clears throat> well, if you'd shut up. Dude, I didn't bring it up. Chuck did. Chuck brought the <laughs> I'm kidding. I only brought it up because it just flew in my mind because I I remember doing all these gigs, but I remember like uh there was a the, that period, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember like, "Oh, this gig is awesome," you know. Oh, anyways. <laughs> we wanted to i remember it was that up one we wanted to just hang and party we wanted you to hang and party with us so bad because i think you were still drinking at that time and we wanted to party yeah and i left i i I do because greg and i did like (laughs) i remember i remember all of that and i remember i think tracy was not drinking them i'll tell you exactly what it was it was uh i think it was the same weekend as the polish festival and uh she lived um, in Boyne Falls and, and their family was very Polish, I think. And, and they would all come up and like camp like at their mom's house yeah. and, and go to the Polish festival a bunch. And I think that's I think in I think either we had just gotten married or maybe we weren't. I don't think we were yet. Oh, it was it was it was so new. E- either yeah. you just were or you were going to. Really I was doing everything I could to keep her yeah. at that point. No, I mean, I- which was like. I got to drive three hours back, guys, like right now. And you're like, what? Why? The, what do you mean? And I'm like, I had a big white cargo van with nothing in it. And I never like, I don't think I slept in that thing one time and there was never anything in it. And I just like, no, I got to go back. Like it was like, and I remember it was shitty. I was like foggy and weird. And I remember being like, ah, oh, man, maybe I should have stayed and being like, no, I'm already driving. I can't turn around. And yeah, I do remember the stories of like, you should have stayed, bro. We all had fun. But the things you do for love, man. Yeah, that's true. You know? 
Um, we've all been there. And I still love you, Kristen. I don't know if you're out there listening. I love you too, Kristen. I don't even know you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't even know why we've been talking about you so much on this podcast, but just know that I do love you and I do care about you. And Cody, I love you too. And um I don't know. Yeah, that that took a weird turn. Um but anyway, um <laughs> I almost was. I almost went into song. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Should we go into Speaking song? Speaking of songs, actually, maybe we should go into song. Um, Lorben's over. <laughs> Does people call you Lorben? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, well, Logan was so kind to come, and uh, he's gonna help us uh, film this. You've been a very patient person. Yeah. Thank you very much. You got to really know all well me especially oh. Jesus. Oh my god. It's supposed to be about Chuck and then we're talking about all this fucked up shit. Well we'll 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 get into it more later on the next podcast uh with with Jim uh the Crosscut Kings. But tonight, you know, we got we got hips wet off in Pete Kehoe's basement and we're going to record Commit to Groove, I think. Sweet. And let's uh let's get all set up and do that. We'll be back. Hips, Chuck Whitoff, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> we got to clean up an aisle, too. <laughs> Ron, you got a call line, too. Ron, you got a call line, too. He used to, he used to do that at gigs all the time. I loved it. Um, so we're going we're gonna to do the song that uh, helped put us on the map, I would say, as, as a duo. And we're going to do it as a, as a quad. Is it quad? Yeah, Four-piecing it up. All right. Thank you to Logan for coming out. Dominic, thank you as always. And uh, commit to groove, pistol whips, hips and Rico, crosscut kings, collaboration. Stop, won't stop, yeah. 
to rock and roll with you You can't stop, don't stop Yeah, you better just come into groove Let's riff it out for hips. to rock and roll with you. Hey, you can't stop, don't stop. Yeah, you better just commit to groove. Right here. Charlie Hips went off. Thank you very much for coming. On to rep your set with the pistol whips. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, that's it for us. Thank you very much for tuning in and uh, make sure you share all this. Uh, what's a good place for everybody to see uh, you on the internet? Uh, Crosscutkings.com, Instagram, Crosscutkings.com, Instagram, Facebook. Check it out. We're going to have Jim on, the, on another show with us very soon. And uh, thank you very much. All right. Peace.